Hello and welcome to Sri Lanka at 99.94. Cricket every day. Uh, my name is Mark Machado from the Merrily End and I'm joined as always by my esteemed co-host Estelle Vazia Devon from the Papare. Uh, Sri Lanka at 99.94 is your new home for Sri Lanka content and will be dropping into your podcast feed and on YouTube and on the 99.94 app three times every week. Thanks for joining Cricket's Conversation. And of course, if you're listening, please do leave us a review, rate, subscribe, and tell all your friends about us. Uh, today, we are talking about Dilshan Madhushankar, who burst onto the scene at the Asia Cup. He got some big wickets and went and did go for some runs as well. We'll talk about that as well. And uh, this week, or last, a few days ago, he got picked up by the Durban Supergiants in the South Africa of. Uh, T20 Franchise League that starts early next year. So there's a lot going on with Dilshan and uh, we're hoping to to kind of take a, a bit of a look into his backstory and get some ideas about, you know, where he's coming from and, and where he might head to in the future. Estelle, when did you first come across Dilshan Madhushankar? When, was, when did you first hear that, that name being banded about? I think the first time a lot of Sri Lankan cricket fans heard about him was during that build-up to the Under-19 World Cup. Of course, at that point, I think coaches knew there was something special about this guy because he'd also been picked for the emerging side um, and toured uh, South Africa where the Under-19 World Cup was supposed to take place. And then once he got there, I believe he had a pretty good tournament, uh, uh, surprised a few with his pace. Particularly in those conditions, he was really effective. It wasn't a good tournament for Sri Lanka as far as I remember, but Madhushankar definitely caught everybody's eye uh, during that period. Yeah, I, I think Sri Lanka ended up uh, battling out for kind of, I think, was it sixth or seventh place against against Nigeria Played, in the end? Yeah. Um, they're the group that they struggled in against India and uh, a group with India, New Zealand and Japan. Obviously, they beat Japan quite convincingly, but they struggled against India and New Zealand. Um, we're, we're talking about 2019 now. So this is obviously just before the pandemic. And may, maybe the structures that were in place uh, around Sri Lankan cricket weren't, weren't the best and, and weren't that optimum. Um, Dilshan Madhushankar, though, He's had quite an interesting trajectory into cricket because I believe he didn't play much leather ball cricket in the in 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 the in his late teens and was mainly playing softball cricket till he got selected for the under 19s right Yeah at the papara.com one of my colleagues uh, Sharmigan Sridharan did an article about him in 2019 where he detailed how he kind of caught the eye of national selectors and managed to get into the under-19 setup. So basically, Madhushanka comes from a very rural area of Sri Lanka, Hundama, uh, in Hambantota, which is off Hambantota as well. So quite a kind of very much in the outskirts of uh, the township. And um, the school he went to obviously didn't have the kind of resources to really support someone on that trajectory towards becoming, um, you know, national cricketer. So from what I've heard, he played at under under 15 level leather ball cricket. And then from there, it was a bit difficult for him to continue with, you know, obviously cricket's not a cheap sport to play. You've got, even if you're a bowler, you've got to, you know, buy the boots, uh, equipment necessary, get the right nutrition, all of that. So he wasn't involved in leather ball cricket for, 
a bit of uh, a, a, a period of time during his uh, late teens. But fortunately, he did keep in touch with the district coach who was uh, Manjula Karuna Aratna, Hamadhuta uh, district. And that coach is, he, Marushanka credits him a lot for, you know, where he is right now because. Um, Ratna used to tell him when there were, you know, divisional selections or any good game. So I think he got an opportunity through Manjula Ratna to be a net bowler during the Sri Lanka versus India under-19 series, which I think they had a couple of games in Surya ever. Um, and that's kind of where his life completely changed around because guess who was watching none other than Sri Lanka's most successful left-arm bowler, Chamindavas. So, kind of a, a fairy tale kind of story since 2019 for him. Yeah, and uh, of course, you know, Chamindavas is is another fast bowler from Dan South, well, at least South of Colombo anyway. And, and, you know, there's a bit of a history of, of Sri Lanka having unorthodox bowlers from, from that part of the world, right, with... Uh, obviously Malinga and I think Nuru and Kulisakra as well came from from well definitely not maybe as far south as as Dilshan Malishanka came from comes from but you know that that neck of the woods and given and and creating a pathway almost for for players who come from a slightly unorthodox background because we talk a lot about Sri Lanka, uh, about schoolboy cricket in Sri Lanka, and and coming from a school that isn't a big Colombo school or isn't a big school with one of the the more urban areas really puts you at a massive disadvantage, right? Because regardless of you know uh, what, what whatever back financial background you come from, if you can get yourself to to one of the even the medium sized schools in 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 a more urban area, they will have equipment and they will be able to get you playing the sport. And, and potentially reaching your full potential, right? Yeah, and that's what's in, interesting about Madhushankar's journey as well, because in the last five to ten years, the scouting from uh, the schools in Colombo, some of the bigger schools that invest heavily in cricket, has been really good and far-reaching. So you see a lot of these guys from the rural areas of Sri Lanka coming into Colombo and playing for those schools. But Madhushankar was not picked up in that manner. So they... As far as I know, the school he attended uh, didn't have uh, uh, under-19 site. So all his cricket at that level was played at district or as a netballer or uh, coming straight into kind of the Sri Lanka development kind of pathway. So that's another interesting thing because like you said, the if you're anywhere in a slightly urbanized area, there is a lot more resources in comparison to, you know, something like what Madhushanka would have grown up having. So that's kind of, again, in Sri Lanka, a lot of these kids who come from areas like that, it's it's a lot of luck as well, right? It's a lot of uh, what we can say is kind of fate because you're not, you don't have a, you don't have a proper pathway that this is how you're going to get into the Sri Lanka under 19 squad when you come from areas like that. So it's, so with Madhushanka, he bowl, he was bowling in the nets, uh, like I said, during that under-19 series between Sri Lanka and India. Chamindavas spots him, gets his phone number, he gets a call a couple of days later telling him, come to Colombo, we want to see you at training. So, I mean, it, it makes you think also about how many really fall through the cracks but of course, I think that that's a whole different conversation we can have. 
Yeah, and 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 we will have that conversation. And the other, you know, the other topic we should bring up at some point is we need to talk about Richmond College as well and and what they've done because they're probably, you know, they're a school from down south and I think that they've probably there's there's a, a team photo that goes around online occasionally and I think there's five players in it from from maybe 20 the 2018 2019 batch maybe or no maybe slightly before that who've played international cricket which is an incredible stat uh for any school within any part of the world so I'm sure at some point we'll get around to that and we'll talk about you know why cricket or how Shlunky cricket can can do more to try and nurture talent in parts of the country that don't necessarily traditionally produce too many players. You'll listen to Cricket's Conversation on 99.94. Whatever your team, we have a show for you on podcast, YouTube, and on the 99.94 app. We have India, England, South Africa, and the West Indies. Of course, you listen to Sri Lanka as well here, right here. If you want to find us, the best way to follow us is on social media at 9994DM or by downloading the 99.94 app, or Google 99.94 on podcast, we speak cricket. And please, if you are listening, as I said before, and I said in previous episodes, leave us a review. There's this rivalry going on with other pods, and I think actually, I'll be honest to start, I don't think anyone's left us a review yet, which is slightly embarrassing, but... We all know what our Sri Lankans are like. We turn up to a party late, but we always make sure the party's about us when we get there. Um... So Dilshan Madhishankar makes a name for himself at the under-19s and he's in the development squad and then COVID hits, which means that, like a lot of Shankar players, he wasn't able to play cricket for about nine months during during that lockdown. Um, And then the kind of game eventually restarts in Sri Lanka with, and, and, you know, domestically, the big big moment is obviously the Lanka Premier League, a tournament I consider the, the world's premier T20 tournament. I will settle for maybe second best T20 tournament, but we don't need to get into that at the moment. Um, and and he, he's, he's included in that, but that's not really his breakout moment, is it? No, unfortunately not. I don't think it's the LPL. I think just him being a left-arm quick already had everybody's attention because we, we don't get that many left-arm quicks in Sri Lanka. So apart from Visha Fernando, Binura uh, Fernando, then you have Dilshan Madhushankar. But when you compare him to the two of them, um, he's much quicker and uh, offers something much different uh, to the pair of them. And of course, Vishwa is seen more of a, 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 a test specialist. So I think he was in the kind of radar of coaching staff and you know selectors over the last two or three years. I remember mentioning in a previous episode as well that Mickey Arthur uh, had his eye on him during the latter part of his tenure as well. So he's, he's kind of been there and thereabouts. But I think the catalyst or like the turning point really came for him in that invitational tournament that Sri Lanka cricket organized just before the Asia Cup. So at that point, I think more or less the batting lineup was uh, in place. There were just a couple of spots remaining. But when it came to the fast bowlers, there were a lot of positions that Sri Lanka needed to fill with the three premier guys out with injury. So without Dushmantu Chamira, Binura Fernando and Lahiru Kumara available for selection, they needed to fill those gaps. And it, I mean, we spoke about fate before as well, right? But Madhushanka didn't get too many wickets in that tournament. They played four games. It was a very short tournament. Uh, 
four games, he got three wickets. But just the manner in which he bowled, the way he was able to get the ball to move at pace, I think he impressed everybody. Uh, there's a clip uh, going around with of Dananjay De Silva, actually, who was in the same team as Madhu Shankar, giving a kind of a look to another player in the team, pointing at uh, Madhu Shankar, kind of to say that, you know, this guy's got something about him. You know, he's difficult to play in these conditions. So that was kind of the opportunity that he needed. And he, he really grabbed it with both hands, I think. And then from there, of course, Asia Cup, and we all know what happened there. Just, you know, fairy tale stuff once again, you know, uh, the, the, the type of wickets he got. If you look at it, six, six wickets, I think he got in that tournament, including... Zazai of Afghanistan, Virat Kohli, Deepak Huda, Rishabh Pan um, got wickets in critical situations. He got, he bowled in the death, he bowled with the new ball, you know. So, yeah, that that tournament, I think, was kind of what sparked or what, what turned things in his favour. Can we talk about that Virat Kohli wicket and that India game, right? Because up till that moment, I'm thinking like, here's a young bowler, he's pretty raw. He's. It felt to me he was filling a spot, you know, hold, holding, you know, holding down four overs while some of our, our better bowlers were were in recovery, in, in rehabilitation for for injuries. And I was like, he's he's good, but he looks a bit raw. And he's got some work to do, and then he gets that Virat Kohli wicket, and. You know, I don't want to say more, you know, that I'm a very egalitarian person. I believe all wickets are equal, right? But actually, when the minute that ball clips that uh, uh, clips that wicket and the stumps yeah. fall over, you're like, wow. Firstly, what a ball. Secondly, that was Virat Kohli. Like, if you're going to play for Sri Lanka, I just require one. I don't, I don't, I almost don't, don't care how talented you are. I think you need to be fearless. And to bowl like that to Virat in your what third game of international cricket, just shows you know just shows what what kind of stuff this this kid is made out of right and that's the moment where I'm like all right maybe we've got something on our hands here and I get it right I understand where that comes from because there is a you know you can do as well as you'd want in an invitational T20 uh, quadrangle tournaments that SLC put together but actually to step up and do it on an international stage against the biggest team in the world, against their best player, possibly of all time, um, definitely in that format. Okay, all right, maybe people are saying he's out of form or whatever, but still, what what a moment for the young chap, right? When you consider, he, you know, he spent most of his late teens having to avoid playing hardball cricket because he, he couldn't afford to do it. His family couldn't afford to support him. He had to, you, you know, his, his father didn't want him playing cricket because he thought he had to focus on his academics. And then in only a few short years' time, as I said, his third ever game to get that wicket, just incredible, isn't it? It was absolutely incredible. Yeah, I think, and um, I saw a program that, of course, the Sri Lankan cricketers are very busy with uh, lots of kind of invitations to TV shows and stuff like that. So one of uh, them, in one of them, him talking about Patum Nisanka actually before the game, asking him what he would have done, what he would do if he took Virat Kohli's wicket. So that question itself tells me, right, that that's how much they value Kohli's wicket. And like you said, you know, you can talk about 
form or, you know, where Kohli is in his career. But to any youngster, you think you dream, even if you aren't playing, you dream, that's your dream, right? You you shatter the stumps of one of the greatest to play the game. And he was able to live that dream. And he had answered Nisanka saying, I wouldn't know what to do. I just run around the grounds. And that's exactly what he did. So, you know, it's it's amazing, like you mentioned about his dad not wanting him to play cricket. Because I think when it when you come from a background like that where you don't have you don't have sometimes even the bare necessities. You have, as parents, you have to be realistic as well, right? Not everybody goes on to make a career out of cricket. So, you know, just wanting his kid to focus on his studies or, you know, go in that path is reasonable. But you think of how many Sri Lankan players Sri Lanka has probably lost in that manner. And we are fortunate enough that that didn't happen to Dilshan Madhushanka because like you said, he, he looked he looked really raw. He looked maybe like he was maybe a year or two away from, you know, being ready for international cricket. But the way he bowled in that India game, which I think before the game, I was talking to a couple of colleagues about it as well, about, you know, this could be a make or break game for him because... You know the Indian batting lineup, the power it packed. You know you're coming up against the likes of Rohit Sharma, Virat Kohli, uh, KL Rahul. So you know that they could really destroy you, a young bowler like Madhusanka. But to see how he came up against that challenge, and I think that that was what was most impressive. Like you said about being fearless, about that attitude that he brought into the game. He he didn't at any point. We know that he obviously thought Kohli's wicket was a big one, but he you did you couldn't see that when he was bowling to him when he was running up to bowl he looked like he was bowling to any other batsman uh, around the world. So that's that attitude that you love to see from a young player. Yeah, unbelievable. Can we talk about the final though, right? Because Sri Lanka, what well, the finals? It, it it it's the kind of opposite story, right? So now going into the final, people are expecting quite big things from him people are expecting that he you know he's 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 going to be one of the stars of the show if, if Sri Lanka win it and it starts in the worst possible way he gives away a no ball which means there's a free hit and then he ends up bowling was it was it four or five wides off the back of that so before he's even bowled the first legal delivery he's given away 10 runs which is a difficult situation considering he's bowling the first over when Sri Lanka go into bowl which is the second innings of the game luckily you know luckily Sri Lanka had a huge total on the board so it, it wasn't a total disaster but giving away te- 10 runs and if you if you watch the final you won't forget that that image of him having to walk back up to, to go and bowl after he's bowled, I think about three or four wides with uh, uh, Dustin Sharnaka and, and Kusal Mendes talking to him uh, and, you know, coached him. And that's this moment when you, when you look at him and he suddenly, he's gone from, you know, the, the, this established cricketer who's getting Virat Kohli out to suddenly looking like the child, you know, the, not the child, the, the youngster that he is the, uh, and the raw talent that he is. But the most amazing thing is, is look, 
everyone has bad moments. Sometimes you're unfortunate and your bad sporting moments are on tele- like are, are televised across the globe to a huge global audience. I mean, I'll be, I'll be honest, Estelle, I'd, I'd be lucky to get six balls down, down a track that were all legal. And if, if it does happen, I'm relying on an umpire uh, being very lenient with me, right? So just being, being able to bowl six balls at, at the pace that they do is, is unbelievable. The fact that he was able to come back, bowl five balls legally after that, and then actually... He, you know, the rest of his spell, he, he only ended up bowling three overs in that game, but the rest of his spell went for very few runs. If you take away those those 10 runs off that first ball, the rest of his, the 2.5 after that, I think actually only went for, for 14 runs. That's actually an incredible comeback, isn't it? Yeah, and that's, that again comes back to the attitude and kind of the, the mentality he brings to the game, isn't it? So we did see throughout the tournament even when you know the more experienced bowlers like Asita Fernando I know Asita has played as many T20 games as Madhushanka but Fernando has been around the Sri Lankan setup for a long time has played test cricket has kind of been in these kind of situations before but Madhushanka this is he's just you know just basically a baby in international cricket to kind of have that level-headedness and that maturity to come back and bowling the way he did during the rest of his spell really, you know, makes you, it gives you hope, right? And I know hope is what kills you in the end, but it gives you hope about what type of bowler he's going to be for Sri Lanka in the future. If you love the language of cricket and want more, then head over to the 99.94 app and you can hear all our podcasts and cricket commentary. We're adding new shows all the time and covering cricket series from all over the world. Be the first to hear all our announcements by following us on social media at 9994DM. Welcome to Cricket's Conversation. Um, Estelle, let's talk about what the future may hold uh, for, for Dilshan. He's got a contract uh, for the Durban Supergiants. Uh, this is that this will be their first season um, because obviously the league started for the first time. It's also the first time that the Lucknow Supergiants organisation, which only started about this time last year, um, will, will be having a team playing at in a, in a different league. Um, he he, it was only him and Kusil Mendes in the end that ended up being sold in in the. Or they ended up getting bought from Sri Lanka in, in that South African franchise auction. We know that there, there's a tournament that be going on almost in parallel in the UAE, and there's the Sri Lankan players involved in that tournament. And we know that uh, uh, Tikshana will be playing for the the Super Kings franchise out in I can't remember where exactly in South Africa that's based, but he'll be playing in that tournament as well. How significant do you think it is that? Of just essentially off the back of that Asia Cup performance, he's he's been picked up in a franchise league, and you know, you know how transformative do you think that the money he'll earn from that could be for his career? Yeah, that's I think it's massive for him and massively deserved because, like we spoke about, you know the the these franchises have have the power to change people's lives, not only his life, but his entire family's life, right? He, he comes from a very, very poor background. I believe his, his dad is a fisherman, mom works from home, so, uh, or is a housewife. So this, this kind of money and this kind of success is not something they would have seen or ever even, I think, dreamt about um, before the Asia Cup, right? Because 
you know, you, you just, it's, it's so far away a dream that you don't even think about it. So this is going to be massive for him in that sense. But also I think uh, in terms of developing skills, I think it'll be really big for him going to a country like South Africa, where he will have obviously access to a lot of resources, a lot of experienced players bowling in different conditions. So I think it's going to be a massive learning curve. I, I just, I really hope that Sri Lanka cricket and whatever franchises he does end up playing for really kind of manage him well, because you don't want a guy like that being overworked at 22 and, you know, his career ending at 25, 26, right? Because he's already had a bit of trouble with injury a couple of years ago. So you want to keep him fit. You want to keep him, you know, in optimal condition so that he can continue to do well on the international scene, whether it is for Sri Lanka or whether it is for the different franchises around the world for at least another, say, 10 years. Yeah, it's interesting you brought up the transformative, you know, not brought up. We, we're we talking about the, you know, how how impactful the, the money could earn from franchise cricket could be. Because the narrative very much in England is franchise cricket is destroying the game. It's not great. But actually, from a Sri Lankan perspective, franchise cricket creates a lot more opportunities for Sri Lankan players, firstly to go abroad and learn about other cricketing cultures and and work with different coaches, possibly more experienced coaches, um, and, and get a you know to, to refine the, their their games, but also the opportunity to earn money in other places. And and we know that you know that there's more franchise tournaments in the in the offering. We know at some stage, major league cricket will will will, will arrive in in the USA. Um, that there's talks about massive reform to 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 the hundred potentially, and an IPL owners coming into to the hundred. And actually, you know, as a Sri Lanka fan, I think it's something that we should be excited about because not only will we you know will we see our best players playing all around the world, but I think that the potential finances that come back to the game in Sri Lanka and, and, you know, back onto the island, it could, could be massively transformative and, and, and can be very exciting for, for the, the future of the game in Sri Lanka. And, and of course, I imagine at some point, a load of the best players in the world will end up trying to want to play in the, the Lanka Premier League as well. Uh, let, let's leave it there. Thanks for listening to Shrunker 99.9 for Cricket Every Day. Please rate, review and subscribe. Download the 99.4 app and follow us personally. You can follow me at Mark Machado and Estelle at Estelle underscore Vazu Day 1 on Twitter. We'll put links for everything we do there on this podcast and beyond. Also follow our network at 99.94 on social media. Follow for podcast and commentary from the bat and ball world. Thanks for joining Cricket Conversation on 99.9 We Speak Cricket.